We heard St. Paul tell the Gentile Christians in Rome, and because we are Gentiles, Gentile Christians here in Racine, he says the same thing to us. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples give him praise. Amen. My dear fellow saints, John the Baptist came preaching in the Judean wilderness, saying, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. I think if we've lived here in Racine long enough, we would love to have a preacher like John preaching here because here in Racine, we don't have any straight streets. And the streets we do have are filled with cracks and potholes, especially if you're bicycling over them. You notice every one of them. And then all of our major highways seem to always be filled with orange traffic cones. Well, John preached the Old Testament message of Isaiah. A voice is calling out in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord in the wasteland. Make a level highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill will be made low. The rugged ground will become level and the rough places will become a plain. The theme of John's preaching would be the title of our opening hymn today. Prepare the royal highway. But John and Isaiah are not really talking about physical road construction. They're talking about spiritual destruction and construction. Make straight, because there are things in your life that are not straight. Something isn't right. You know that what you do in the privacy of your home, you would not want to be broadcast in the public square. Make straight, because something in your life is twisted and crooked could it be that your home life is broken because of adultery or an affair because of alcohol or divorce could it be that there are cracks and potholes in your life because of anger and tension and tiredness is your life crooked because you're still trying to straighten out that dumb mistake that you made years ago we know that there's something wrong in our houses. And what's wrong in our houses usually starts because there's something wrong in the Lord's house. And what's wrong with the Lord's house is that we're not often in the Lord's house as often as he commands us to be according to the third commandment. But even when we are here and we are faithful, could it be that we're just here? That could it be that there is a lackluster faith or boredom with God's word or a lack of prayer and a devotional life. It could be that we are the opposite of the Palm Sunday crowds waving our palm branches and taking our cloaks off and putting them on the ground and shouting hosannas to the Lord. Could it be that there isn't a lot of enthusiasm when we're singing our hymns or a lot of excitement when we're offering up our prayers or there's not a lot of thoughtfulness when we're giving our offerings to support the Lord's ministry. John comes preaching in the wilderness. That's an uncomfortable place. He's wearing a camel's hair suit with a leather belt. That's uncomfortable clothing. He's eating locusts and wild honey. And as much as the climate alarmists want us to start adding bugs to our diet, that's an uncomfortable food group. That's even worse than vegetables. John preaches an uncomfortable message because 
we have often become comfortable with our sins. Think about your own life, of how you are impatient with your family or impatient while you're driving. There's anger that's always in your heart. There's vitriol that flows out of your fingertips on social media. The filth or harsh words that come out of your tongue so quickly. And you just become comfortable with these sins. They're just a part of who you are, and that's the way you excuse those sins away. They don't even bother your conscience anymore. Your conscience has become dulled to these sins. And that's why we need John the Baptist appearing in the Judean wilderness every Advent season to prick our conscience. John comes along preaching in that wilderness a message of repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. And that message makes us uncomfortable. Repent means to turn around, to go back the other way and return to the Lord, to empty the skeletons out of our closet, to censure our excuses, to revile our desires, to shine a light into the darkness, to strip away all of the phoniness and pretenses, to quit pretending that everything is all right, because it's not. That's only a mirage that's in the wilderness. There are a lot of dried up old sins out there in the wilderness of our world. But we don't preach against the wilderness of the sins in the world. We preach against the brand new sins that pop up in the wilderness of our heart every day. Repent means to turn around, turn back to the Lord, and then let Christ set up his throne in our hearts. In repentance, it is to die to our old way of life and then be resurrected to live a new life for Christ. St. Paul says we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Repenting in the biblical sense is more than, uh, is more than having just a change of heart or feeling guilty because we got caught. It's more than a New Year's resolution to try better and do harder. Repentance is turning away and turning toward the Lord. It is turning away from the lies of the devil and turning toward God's truths. It is turning away from the darkness and turning toward the light. It is turning away from the path that's leading to the kingdom of hell and turning toward the path that is leading us to the kingdom of heaven. Repenting is leveling the highway and making it straight for the Lord. John is a bulldozer. He's laying bare all of our sins, of our hearts and our thoughts and our words, of our very nature, and then laying those bare so that when Christ comes on that straight highway, he can take those sins on himself and replace them with Grace, love, and forgiveness. Or to use a different kind of illustration. You know you're not well. You're tired, lethargic, lazy. You finally suck it up and you go to the doctor. And the doctor tells you that you need to lose 40 pounds, eat right, stop drinking alcohol, start drinking lots of water, exercise daily, and get eight hours of sleep. And then you're ticked off at the doctor because you're hoping that the doctor is going to give you a pill or give you surgery. Nope, she tells you to change your life. 
And John says the same thing today. Repent. That's your prescription. There's no pill. There's no surgery. It takes hard work. Nothing that is quick or easy. And you don't want to hear John's message. You don't like hearing John's message. None of us do. Because it, may, it means changing your life, your sleep, your diet, your exercise, your daily routine. It means confronting your sins, verbalizing and repenting of them, and then receiving God's forgiveness. It means a daily life of prayer, reading God's word on your own, and then gathering together with God's people in church for word and sacrament. All of those sins that, the, that John has laid bare, all of those filthy, ugly, shameful, damning sins, what are you going to do with them? All of those sins that John the Baptist has laid bare because he's the physician and he sees that they are ruining your life, both physically and spiritually, what are you going to do with them? Repent of them. And the scriptures are filled with messages of repentance and what follows repentance. Repent. And return to the Lord who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and return to the Lord so that times of refreshing may follow. Repent and the Lord may relent and not pour out on you the wrath you deserve. Repent, for the Lord does not seek your death but your life. Repent, for the grace of God is greater than your greatest trespass. Repent and return to the Lord, for he is a father that is waiting with open arms to welcome home his prodigal sons and daughters. Repent, so you give the angels in heaven an excuse for a party. Repent. For the Lord has redeemed you, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won you from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. Repent so that the Lord may restore you to serve him. Repent so that your tree may bear forth the fruits of repentance. All of this talk about repentance, it makes us uncomfortable. And that's good. Because our Savior, Jesus, was uncomfortable for you. Think of how uncomfortable it had to be for the Son of God of whom infinity cannot contain, and yet he contained himself in the womb of a virgin woman. It had to be uncomfortable then as a human baby wrapped in strips of cloth and laid in a cattle's feeding trough. It was uncomfortable that in that rough, well-used wood of the of the manger was exchanged 33 years later for the rough, well-used wood of the Roman cross. And there on the cross, Jesus took all of his Father's wrath and judgment poured out on him so that you would not face that wrath and judgment on the last day. That Jesus had the angels singing at Christmas, glory to God in the highest. But then years later, that was exchanged for the mob shouting, crucify him, crucify him. His strips of cloth were stripped away and he was probably naked hanging there on the cross. And there on the cross, his divinely human blood, blood poured out on that ground, making it holy. 
poured out on us so that when we approach God's judgment throne on the last day, we are not afraid to stand on holy ground for Christ has made that ground holy and his blood has made us holy. That's what it means for Jesus to bring the kingdom of heaven near. This world feels like a spiritual wilderness. It is a dry and arid place. And when you're in a dry and arid place, you need water. John would point you to the water of baptism. He is called John the Baptist, by the way. St. Peter would also point you to baptism, like he did to the crowds on Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. This is for you and your children and for all who are far off, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just like you feel refreshed after a long day of work, and you, you go into the shower, and you wash away all the dirt and grime and stress of the day. So every day you get to jump into the shower of your baptism, cleansing you, refreshing you. The dryness and the harshness of sin is soaked away in baptismal waters. And it doesn't matter if you were baptized 90 plus years ago like Rosemary Valley, whose Christian funeral will be next week, or if you are baptized today like Evelyn Rosenau. You come to the waters of baptism and you live. No longer hiding, no longer pretending, but living in the reality of sins that are washed away. And John would also remind you that you are privileged to receive Jesus' baptism instead of John's baptism. They're the same baptism, but John's baptism pointed to Jesus. Jesus' baptism is in his name as the incarnate God in human flesh. It is the baptism of reality that he gives to his apostles and pastors so that when you are baptized, you are clothed with Christ's seamless white robe of righteousness. Though you are in the wilderness, you are clothed and covered over all of your filthy rags of sin. You're clothed with Christ's righteousness so that you are dressed appropriately for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And your wilderness food is not locusts and wild honey, but it is the manna that comes down from heaven. Just like God fed the Moses and the children of Israel in their wilderness wandering for 40 years until they entered into the promised land. He fed them with that manna. So God feeds you in the wilderness of this world with a manna from heaven which is his son's body and blood until you are ready to exchange the manna of heaven for the real thing at the Lamb's High Feast in paradise. And you are called out of the wilderness to live in a garden. And that garden is the Christian church in worship services. That you may hear the voice of your pastor, but it's really the power of Jesus himself. You repent of your sins and you hear the voice of Christ giving you the power of his forgiveness in the words of absolution that he won on the cross. He refreshes you through the word that's read from the lectern with the word that is explained and applied from the pulpit with the word that is combined with water at the font with the word that is combined with bread and wine at the Lord's table. 
In all of this, you are in the presence of God, and he has given you a foretaste of heaven. So this Advent, listen to John. He's on the road crew. He's the one that's driving the bulldozer. He's laying bare all of your sins of thought, word, and deed, laying them bare so that this path is straight so that Christ may come and replace them with grace, love, and forgiveness. His kingdom of heaven is near. Prepare the royal highway. Amen.